Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the O3C podcast. My name is Jonathan Dunn and I'm actually flying solo today and I'm also not strictly speaking speaking about video games. Announcement! Announcement! So welcome to this bonus episode. As a little bit of a change from our scheduled setup, uh, I'm not even going to be talking about video games, strictly speaking, because this episode is dedicated to a full talked up balls deep dive into the Last of Us TV series that has recently uh, been shown on HBO and Sky and, I don't know, the internet, whatever. And because this is one of the biggest profile video game adaptations that we've had in the last few years, I thought it would be uh, it would be nice to uh, to give it a little bit of coverage. Now, Chris hasn't seen the show. Who knows? Who knows if he will? He's probably too busy playing some absolute gop on uh, on on the Switch. So instead, I decided to invite a good friend of mine, Lewis Norman, to uh, to join me for this discussion. Uh, Lewis is a he's a gamer. He's a film fan. He's a friend. We've always had good chats about this sort of thing, so I thought, why not? Why not get him in and uh, and, and 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 lay this chat down? So please do enjoy, and I'm going to hand you over to me now. So welcome, Lewis Norman. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me for no this. Problem. You are a friend. You are a gamer. You are also a film TV fan. We've had many good discussions about uh, such things over many years now, and I'm I'm really really glad that you've uh, you've been able to join me to talk about the Last of Us TV series. Yeah, we're gonna have a bit of a deep dive on uh, our thoughts on the Last of Us HBO series, all nine episodes, uh, adaptation of the first video game. But before we do that, let us touch base quickly mm. on what we think of the. Of the source material, the uh, the Last of Us video game, and in fact, I mean, it, as a as a little franchise, because weirdly enough, the game has about seven games in the franchise. If you count the amount of times the first game has been ported and remade across, don't. <laughs> it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It's outrageous. Where do you stand on the on the video game? I got it when it first came out as a game, as a brand new sort of IP. I think it was, it was PlayStation Three. Yeah, I loved it. I was totally blown away. It suckered me in straight away. Storyline, the atmospheric nature of it. It was, it felt more, well, we're probably going to end up branching off into this argument that we've had off air (laughs) previously, but it goes into that naughty dog game way of becoming a a kind of combination of holding your hand as an entertainment sort of medium. You're kind of just pressing up to go through a movie at some point, which is, you know, I don't want to detract from the gameplay in it, but it feels like that at times. But I think Naughty Dog are so good at like, you know, they get the right voice actors in, they write a really good script for it as well. And so it it kind of expands it from being just a game to being an involved cinematic experience. Yeah. And I really loved that when I first played it. I, I felt like I was in there. It was very immersive. So, I mean, I've gone on record uh, on the podcast several times with my slightly controversial here, thoughts here it on comes. The games. Here it comes. And my, my criticisms of them. <laughs> We've obviously spoken at length about it in person. I still think that they're good games. The first one, especially. I'll also say that I didn't play it when it first came out. 
I didn't play it until... First remaster, was it? Or? Yeah, and a little way after that had been released even, because I had a PS4 Pro when I played that. Mm. But the thing I've taken issue with is them being credited as being great video games or the best video games, because I don't think that they are the best example of what video games can be. As, as you said, I don't think they prioritise gameplay. I think the gameplay is good in them, but I don't think they... It's not, it's not groundbreaking that. gameplay. I think that they give the illusion of interactivity in the story when in reality they are actually just quite passive. And mm. I think they give far too many hands-off moments of gameplay whilst they are then prioritising engineering those cinematic moments. Mm. And like I said, I think the gameplay is absolutely fine. It feels fun to play, the action, the stealth, like the crafting survival mechanics. It's, mm. all, it's all absolutely fine. I, I think there are games that feel a lot better to play and a similar as well but i think the story is absolutely superb the storytelling is superb mm. but my criticism has come down to the fact that the best medium to tell this story in the way they want to tell it i don't think that's a video game because mm. they sacrifice many of the elements of what the video game medium can offer a storyteller in order to make it more cinematic so why not make it as a piece of cinema like especially if you're not going to give the player any real narrative interaction mm. like that would be the reason why you would make it a video as a video game is so that you can interact with it like i saw a quote about the first game that said it makes you shoot someone and then makes you feel sad about it mm. and i think that sums it up really and, I, and unfortunately i think that they took that much, much further in the second game where it makes you play through the entire game twice, essentially, from different perspectives, but yeah. then actually doesn't give you any way to inject an opinion on which perspective you side with. And I think when you're presenting that as something that is interactive, mm. I, I, I just do not see the point of, of doing that in that way. I, I think the first game is an absolute solid eight or nine out of 10 game. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and I think the second game, it's lower down. It's a seven out of 10 game. I don't think they're the examples of the best that video games can be, which I always think should be something that prioritizes gameplay and never sacrifice gameplay to make a game more cinematic, like those push up to go forward. Oh, wait here. Oh no, the ladder's fallen down. I saw, oh, I I saw your God of War tweet. Yeah. So to unpack a little bit there of what you said, so I can now disagree with it. <laughs> um, I don't think there's like a kind of uh, a mono description of what is a good game. So, mm. and I know, I know, obviously you would accept this as well, that, you know, there's, there's whether you're a Nintendo guy or a Sony guy, it's kind of like the two things in it. Do you support developers who push the boundaries of actual hands-on gameplay, you know, Obviously, we're both looking forward to the new Zelda. Oh, yeah. There's so many different things that you'll be able to do in that game, and it'll feel so alive from like a gameplay perspective. People love a true sandbox idea of, like, yeah. how do I solve this problem? I've got a hundred different combinations of gameplay to solve this problem. That's one definition of a good game. And yeah. I, I suppose it's helpful in to have like subcategories of, of gameplay. That's certainly one of them. Yeah. We both love the Uncharted series. Yeah, I think the game. I think they feel a lot more fun to play than the last. They're just, they are super like press up to go forward, and is a very linear in, experience, yeah, isn't it? In, yeah, at times, absolutely. But then I don't think anybody's standing around saying that the Uncharted games are masterpieces. They are the the, the you know the the best of mm. the medium. They're saying they're really really good fun games. 
and that's what I think The Last of Us is. I think it's a it's a good fun game. You do like, feel as though it's getting credit beyond what it deserves yeah. because it's limited from a gameplay perspective. Yes, that's exactly it. Because like I, I think there are great narrative games out there, mm. and and there there are some fantastic even like like walking simulator games, you know, as as they're called, where you just walk through it. But there'll always be an element of interactivity that makes you go, actually, yeah, I can see why they wanted to tell this story yeah. in a video game or in a way that could be interacted with. I'd have loved it if you could have the choice at the end, especially in The, in the Last of Us Part 2. I'd love to have seen you have a choice to go, okay, are you with Ellie? Are you with Abby? I wouldn't like that because I feel as though you don't get a stake when you watch a film, obviously. No. Right, you watch a film, you invest in the characters you want to invest in what happens to him affects how you feel, I guess, about it. Like yeah. if, if you're back in a certain character in a film, maybe you see yourself in that character and something truly terrible happens to that character, you'll feel sad. If that character does something truly horrific to someone else, it'll maybe make you question yourself. A good film will draw those kind of emotions out of you. And I feel like that's, with Last of Us, Naughty Dog are a game developer, but yeah. I feel as though they're trying to tell a, a cinematic story but to involve you purely from a gameplay level, but they don't want you to be involved from a decision-making level. Yeah. There's, you never get that option in Last of Us 1 or 2, really, no. do you? It, it's like you're playing the linear cinematic storyline that they've laid out for you. Yeah, that's what most games are. Yeah. Something like, like the Half-Life games. That's exactly what the Half-Life yeah. games are. They're incredibly linear. So you're controlling Gordon Freeman, going through these events, watching them happen. And loving my life and doing it. Exactly. Because it is unbearably fun. <laughs> yeah. It is unbearably yeah. fun. Well, this I guess this is where we'll come to it and you say it works better as a TV show. Yeah. Maybe. I was thrilled when I saw that it was announced yeah. that it was being adapted because I was like, well, it doesn't really need much adaptation. It's like this. They were trying to tell a cinematic story in a video game and now mm. they're telling a cinematic story in cinema. I think it's a much, much better fit. I think because there's something you buy into when you are watching a film that you go, yeah, I'm passive. I'm mm. going to watch this and I'm going to have opinions on this. And I'm going to think about the moral implications of the choices that the characters are making. Mm. Whereas, you know, I think there's something that you buy into when you play a video game and the type of video game that you play going, okay, yeah, I know what I expect from this. Mm. And I think there's something manipulative about how The Last of Us asks you to play it because it doesn't give you those choices. You look at something like, yeah. you know, it's got those real hard, harrowing moments. There's emotional hooks that are very deliberate. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a fair, it's a fair it's case, like, I think. You know, something like this war of mine, you are in the decision-making seat for every single thing. Mm. And then, and absolutely then, if you have to watch these characters die harrowing. and be sad and depressed and kill themselves, yeah. you go, shit, that was on me. You yeah. Know? yeah. The game is the decision-making. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, the Last of Us is like you're playing the movie. I feel yeah. like yeah, you're playing the movie. I, I don't disagree. I yeah. I think the gameplay is not the best example of that kind of gameplay. Yeah, I think possibly the storytelling maybe is the best example of that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Personally, I'm happy for both mediums to exist. Yeah, I loved playing the games. Yeah, the first one more than the second one. Yeah. Um, and I do agree. I I think the second one falls down where it was a bit on the nose. When we say about emotional hooks, in the first game, it was more subtle. These characters have got complex layers. We're not talking about like holy good or holy bad people. Yeah. Here's the good people doing bad stuff. Here's the bad stuff. 
But the second one was very much let's drive that stake home that, yeah. you know, oh, good people do bad things. And it just felt a bit more. Gameplay was much slicker, though, and I enjoyed actually playing the game more in the yeah. second one. There's so many hands off moments in the second one, like yeah. just having to just hold your controller, it giving some some rumble whilst you're watching Abby getting ploughed from behind. But I sat through Metal Gear Solid 2. I know what it's like to just press X to get the next piece of text. (laughs) So, let's talk about the the TV series. Overall, finished product at the end. I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. In terms of the pantheon of, like, great TV shows, obviously there's one currently on Succession. Oh, yeah. It's not going to live up there. At the end of time, go back and say all these great TV shows. Last of Us is going to be, like, a good TV show. Yeah. Casting picks, very happy. He's just everyone's favourite right now. He's spot on. He can do everything. Yeah. I thought she was a good pick as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She did a really good job of it. And not just those, the supporting cast, brilliant. And episode three is probably one of like yeah. the most memorable episodes of a TV show now. I mean, that really is up there. Episode three is, I, I honestly think it's one of the the genuine great pieces of, of television. As single episodes go, it's absolutely extraordinary. To fairly fit that into like a building narrative... People really love this show who've never played the game. Yeah. For that episode three to be the kind of narrative curveball that it was and to be like totally devastating as well. Yeah. It was it was a brave piece of TV. You would expect that they would have just hit the beats the same way they kind of do in the game. It's just like, but, 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 yeah. but episode three is sat on it. You know, yeah. they did a whole episode on it. You know, I didn't know what I was getting myself in for with that episode. And no, then the, no. the more it just, it stuck with it and invested and doubled down on the story it was telling. And then when Max Richter's On the Nature of Daylight piece of music comes in, it was absolutely devastating. I knew that would be a home run because that piece of music... Can you... Oh, here we go. Can you name two films that that music features in? I probably... No, I couldn't. The first time I ever heard that piece of music was when it featured at the end of Shutter Island. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a surprise. And then, again, I did not expect to hear it when it turned up at the end of... Arrival. Oh my god. Yeah. And it's it's not controversial, I think, for me to say that I, I thought the series was great. Like I I, I really, really yeah. liked I lo- I loved a lot of the ways it expanded on elements of the story in the mm. game. I, I liked that they didn't buckle to like put in like big set pieces from the games. I liked the fact that they did then put in some I some of the iconic recognizable. Yeah, I think yeah. they got the balance really, really right. Like okay. I, I like that they took time to show you the different strands of the story happening around Joel and Ellie's story, like obviously episode three and like some of the adjacent stuff. I like the framing devices used at the top of the first few episodes, showing you little snippets of time before the apocalypse happened. Yep. Especially the very, very start of the first episode with that like 70s TV spot with John Hanna talking about... Oh, that, yeah, that, that was, was inspired. It, I really, really like that, yeah. And I, honestly, I like the, the way that they talked about how the cordyceps fungus could actually adapt because of climate change i genuinely got a shiver mm-hmm. like down my spine oh my in a God, way that i yeah. haven't felt since it reminded me of the first time i saw 28 days later and i saw like <laughs> the abandoned streets of london and i was like oh god that's what it's this, like this is what it could be this is yeah. yeah and that that was that was absolutely brilliant like yeah it just doubles down on making sure that the story is grounded and realistic yeah. even though obviously it has got b-movie pulpy sort of tones to it because you know uh, it's, that's, a, it's that's still a zombie flicker yeah exactly. i think it, ne- it needed those kind of expositional aspects like the the 70s thing was a really good piece of writing but yeah. it was because it was just solid exposition in yeah. the game obviously you're expected to pick up like 
newspapers and video game exposition is very it's a lot easier to put in the game isn't it yeah absolutely I mean, whereas the tv just, shows yeah. they did a really good job that those kind of things with the, the 70s tv show I, I really enjoyed that they they didn't have to stick to the game as if it was like canon it wasn't gospel they were able to bend that where does the fungal thing come from it yeah. wasn't mentioned in the game in the same way but it was a really good job and it just it sat on the top as like a good layer i think like you i think the casting was was brilliant i mean obviously pedro pascal is just great <laughs> yeah he can he can like give you the little twinkle in the eye behind the gruff disposition just a the drop of a hat I did. I, I think I spoke to you about this at the time. Like, I found it quite strange that they decided to pitch his age as quite a bit older than he actually is. Because, like, the character in, in the show is pushing sixty. Like, they made quite a few references to it, and they just did. I just don't think they needed to mention his age. I have an idea about you know? this. I, I think old men are looking younger. <laughs> I think old men when I was a kid, yeah, when they were like sixty plus, I thought, yeah, they look like busted old granddad. Yeah. I think men are just healthier now. Maybe men in their 60s are going to be healthy and look like Pedro Pascal. Even on the other side of an apocalypse. <sighs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like like the prologue obviously happens like 20 years <laughs> earlier. And like I'd rather have buoyed my believability that he was 30 in that for like 20 minutes yeah. than have to believe that he was like 60 for the rest of the season. Especially because like, I, mean, I don't know what sort of time jump they're going to do with season two. But if they did like a 10 year time jump, like... like I think they're going to do the time jump from the games then he's going to be pushing 70 he is in the game though isn't he he's that age in the game it's, it's... no no because i looked it up and he's about they've, they've aged him up about 10 years from the game for the tv show yeah i mean like i said it didn't take me out of anything but i think i think bella ramsey is, is great obviously she was superb in game of thrones it was hmm. a it was a really gift of a of a of a character to give her to be like to a young actor it was a great character and she yeah. did brilliantly i think she's got the right sort of youthful energy to ellie she had the right development as well. Yeah. You know. She could also deliver on the the emotional and like moral complexity that the characters got. Again, like just so, totally. so good. The cult episode. Oh, she yeah. She really came out. I think that was like her, for like performance wise, that was her best episode. Yeah. I think the nice thing about that episode is because she's not with Joel, I think that, and I think this is a really interesting thing with the way that the characters work is mm. when they're together, they sort of fall into those default roles of parent child. Totally. Even though they're not. Those roles are like redundant yeah. at that point in time. Exactly. Yeah. And so when you see them on their own and when you see like what Ellie's like on her own, mm. she's like feral, you know, and it's yeah. not like, it's not like she's not that when she's with Joel. It's mm. just that it's so much more comfortable and reassuring, I think, for her then to, to drop back into mm. the social role that makes her feel more protected mm. and likewise i think joel as the series goes on he he finds that comfort in sort of adopting that father role because oh, he feels definitely. like he's got responsibility then and that gives him value yeah like you say it's, it's really really interesting when they're when they're separated mm. and you see what they're what they're really like you mentioned the supporting cast again casting was so key for those because they're in it so briefly they're characters that pass by they're not seeing them for the whole series you know because no. you don't know if they're gonna die after an episode you don't know you know if they're just not going to be relevant or if they're going to be turned so it was key that that casting was done well because yeah they had to make an impact i have one note about the casting go for it i don't have the actress name because you know i'm terrible when it comes to uh, actors and actress names but 
Kathleen, I think the name is. The, yeah. Don't know what happened there. It felt super unbelievable. She's somebody who I've seen in, is it Melanie Linsky? I wouldn't even say it was bad, but what, the trouble is when the rest of the casting is as good as it is. It, it felt just, like a bum note though. It did. It didn't, it didn't quite ring true because I think she didn't bring a gravitas to it. Like I liked the idea of somebody sort of with the, that sort of like sweet girlish voice being actually really terrifying, but she didn't sell it. No, she, she doesn't sell it. sell it. She didn't sell no. it. Just, it um, didn't feel plausible. I know it's all like fungal zombies chasing people around, but... But then also, speaking of the fungal zombies, I know a lot <laughs> of people have criticised the lack of the infected in this season. Yeah. Because the writers clearly made a choice to focus on the characters with... The personal the, relationships. Yeah, and have the apocalypse and the infected. That's the backdrop to these human stories. And I think that's great. And I think that's the, the right way around to do it. But I would like to see the horror cranked up because there were moments, especially actually in the second game, when you're going through that like infected like hotel, it's like oh, that multi-floor thing. That stress. was that was stre- <laughs> that was scary. That yeah. was really scary. It's um, an interesting point about having more clickers and bloaters and those things are good for like horror action. You fall They're into the trap of doing it every week though. Yeah, I, I think it's here comes a bigger one. Here's two yeah, of them. Yeah, it's either it's either going to be about that, and then you, you you're faced with going up against the other zombie show that's like into its millionth season or whatever it's called, The Wanking Dead. You either go after that, you go after the Walking Dead dollar, where you just it's clickers every week, it's bloaters exploding, they're yeah. covered in gib and that's the way it goes or you take the thing that i think naughty dog would probably want you to take which is here's some like complex character relationships here here's how they weave through the world that's created for him and it's far better doing it this way i think i've always i've always thought that the only reason you should use genre is to tell different stories and there's human stories that you can't tell in a non-horror genre like if you want to tell a story about feral human survival post-apocalyptic it needs to have a horror genre yeah it's like with sci-fi it's like if you're making something sci-fi just to make it cool i don't see the point in doing that do you feel like this was a a horror series or it's using the horror genre there's a horror spice to it and i think it's using genre correctly i think it's Mm. going we can't tell these stories unless we're in the horror genre you know it's like it's very rare that you see something like sci-fi being used well and go actually we can't tell this story if you look at something talking about denis villeneuve you look at something like Arrival or you look at something like even like Blade Runner and there's there's moral stories, there's human stories, there's complex ideas that you cannot tell unless you've got that. You've got to bridge the technological gap. Yeah. You've got to create something 100%. So I, th- I don't mind that something in the horror genre isn't mm. necessarily really scary. What I care is that you're using horror properly rather than just, you know, don't get me wrong, there's a time and a place for like proper just... Oh, they used it in the show. The, the house falling in on itself... All of them coming out. Yeah. That was like seriously good horror action. Yeah. You know. I'd like to see the more claustrophobic tense. A bit more like the college or the museum there in Mm. in the second episode. It may even have been the first. The clickers walking around, the cabinets. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's that kind of claustrophobic. We can't move because we can't make a sound. I love that. I think there's something interesting in the direction they went by swapping out the spores from the games to the tendrils. I kept annoying my partner by saying, oh, he's, where's his gas max? Yeah. There's got to be spores at some and, point. And I totally <laughs> understand the choice because one, I think tendrils look more freaky and more scary. Yeah. And also, the, apparently they, they said the, the big thing is we can't have another TV series with Pedro Pascal wearing a mask for the entire thing. Wonderful. That's totally fair. However, that sense of suffocation 
oh. that goes in with like actually my gas mask is running out it's breaking i can't breathe because as it stands just sit and wait for the clickers to go but when there's a clock ticking where there's a timer ticking because you can't breathe or yeah. you know the air is poisonous or that's going to kill you mm. that's really scary so i wonder whether or not they will weave in elements of that because like, like I said, I, 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 have, I don't mind. I don't mind what they've done with this at all. Mm. I think tendrils, yeah, it's horrible. I don't like seeing things. I, I, I get freaked out by seeing like plants that can move or ah, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like seeing things like growing and moving because uh, no. For an audience, it's far clearer to have like horrible dangly tendrils like yeah. weaving their way around you. Yeah. than just like bad uh, air yeah exactly you know i i totally agree with it yeah. you know but i wonder whether or not that will be an element that that we see that we see come back you think the spores might make an appearance maybe i wonder who they'll cast as the spores chris pratt <laughs> yeah that'd be great <laughs> next point of order highlights the great standout moments we've already mentioned episode three as being incredible but yeah first episode it's at the very end they're leaving the kind of compound area They've gone into the city. It pulls back that shot of the ruined city and you yeah. just see a little clicker walk across the rooftop. I was just like, yeah, that's 10 out of 10. That's Bravo lovely. TV. Yeah. They've taken what I really liked about the game and they've given me a little snapshot of it. Yeah. I've written down all of episode three. Yeah. Outstanding yeah. television. And I was a total wreck yeah. at the end of it. The rest of the night was a write off. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I want from television <laughs> at, at certain times. Yeah. The cult leader episode slash probably like the build up to the fight at the end. I thought that was a great episode to demonstrate the kind of versatility of the character, of Ellie's character. She's afraid. Joel's in big trouble. Like she's got to play the Marine, the tough guy, the way she does the deal. You know, you get the drugs. Yeah. I'll give you the kill. And then the way it devolves into the quasi religious cannibal. I mean, it was all just like the new door opens and it's even more terrible. Oh, they're a cult. Oh, they're eating each other. Yeah. Oh, they're going to eat Ellie next. It, yeah. it was just, and the, like her attitude, the way she reacted to like being caged as she just like lashed out. She's biting people. She's trying anything to get out. It was just like, it was great range for the character and it was a really exciting episode. Yeah. And then the fight, the fight in the burning lodge at the end. Yeah. It was so well shot. And that was one of the, when I think back to the game, one of the outstanding moments, when I think of the game, there's clear sort of points that I remember playing. The sniper rifle at the end of the street. That was a great part mm. of the game. Going to see Ron Swanson's character. <laughs> that was like a great checkpoint in the game. Yeah. Uh, arriving in the big city for the first time. The fight with the cult leader in the Burning Lodge. That was like a really sort of like yeah. vivid memory of the game. And they did it supreme justice in the yeah. show. I was... I was very happy with the end of that. Oh yeah, I've written Sniper Rifle Explosion Mayhem. Yeah. Because that was just great action TV. That was like Sam Raimi kind of Dawn (laughs) of the Dead. It's all happening everywhere. You can't hide in the car because they've like smashed in the car. You can't hide under the car because they're like tunneling away. There's just chaos in every sort of like corner of it. I mean, I absolutely agree with all of those. I think one of the other things is actually it's the way the series ends. It's the, the, the fact that they do have that moral dilemma they have joel making a decision lying to ellie and then just leaving it and because that's the thing that i think works so well in Mm. a passive medium is going bam what do you think it just works because like when you're playing a video game it just kind of feels like okay well what do i do now Mm. or what do i know okay oh okay i didn't want to do that 
or you know i wouldn't have done that or yeah there's a good there's a good point to be yeah there's a fair point to be made that's kind of like throws back to what you were saying earlier is if the video game makes you do something yeah that you disagree with Mm. uh, you kind of do feel like well you you've made me make this because the thing in the in the game that it does is you have to pull the trigger Mm. yeah it's not a cutscene. i think i would have felt better about it if it was a cutscene. but does it if it's not a decision if you have to do it it's yeah, more but, you are still just playing the narrative, I guess. It reminded me a little bit of Have you seen Gone Baby Gone, the yeah. Ben Affleck film? The way that that film ends <laughs> with essentially the right wrong thing happening or the wrong right thing happening yeah. because the the child goes back to the worst parents. You know, yeah. the child is going to be worse off for making the right decision that yeah. happens. And I the thing I just loved that because it just made you think about stuff. It just yeah. made you go, "Yeah, okay, but I agree, but I disagree. What would I it's do? Justice, All but of it's this not, stuff. And, yeah. I, and I think, you know, certainly as a parent of a, you know, especially as a parent of a daughter, I think, what would I do mm. in that situation that Joel's in at the end of it? And I honestly don't know what I would do. I could totally understand why he does what he does. I, um, do you really, do, do you think anyone would be rooting for him to say like, oh, let's take the macro view on this. She needs to be cut to pieces and you know, let's that, save humanity. Like, is that even... Is it even a plausible option? The thing, the thing that they that they leave in his favour is the fact that you don't know if it if 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 somebody said this will guaranteed be the cure. A bunch of fireflies with like rusty scalpels are going to save the world. Yeah. Or is he going to lose his inherited daughter? I never bought that it was like it's not. A, I I can understand that is a fair narrative option yeah. for like a TV show writer and a video game writer. But yeah, like you say, if I was in that position, mm. no way. But then the choice that he makes then to to keep it from Ellie. And gun and to, down loads of doctors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I, I love the fact that they didn't try and make him more sympathetic or they didn't try and make the situation more sympathetic. Or they, they, they literally just presented it and go, what do you think? And I love that because yeah. I think that, like I said, I think that is why that works as a piece of cinema. I would much rather a TV show or a film present the characters and let me make the kind of moral judgments based on their actions rather than the writer try and do it for me and i agree i I think last of us does that they perform the actions there are some moral judgments from other characters in there Mm. but by and large as an as a viewer you're left alone to make your own ethical decisions yeah but yeah Speaking of things we didn't like, I mean, apart from that one bit of casting that we've already mentioned, I mean, we've mentioned a few things that we think, okay, maybe I'd, not that we necessarily didn't like, but that we maybe wanted to see more of. Yeah. But for me, there's not not a huge amount. I think, honestly, and I think this is the case with a lot of things, the, the main thing I, I didn't like was the backlash from people online surrounding their gobshite opinions about the show or the game and like yeah. people being like oh joel's backpack is meant to have a dog tag on the inside of it why isn't that here worst series ever those type of idiots and like people also being like oh they should have got the voice actors to do to play the characters and then being like oh it was really confusing when you saw the voice actors appearing in the background in, as other characters and just grow up there are things i didn't like though the dlc episode yeah, yeah, yeah. i didn't like it i felt like it was a very obvious piece of narrative cooling off Mm. you know it was like a dj set where it's building up it's mm. building up and then it cooled off and then they hit you with like the last yeah, episode yeah, yeah. i felt like it wasn't crowbarred in there the episode was very very deliberate and i get that it was like a bit of late character building mm. so you could see that like the next episode followed on and this is why ellie's done this thing and, yeah okay but i just i find the episode just a bit like flat the hospital shootout at the end yeah 
I felt like it was really rushed. I yeah. don't want to be these one of the people that's like, oh, it has to be the same as the game. Mm. Everything must be exactly the same. In the show, it has built up to that critical decision. Are you going to save her or are you going to save humanity? That's the kind of query that's laid out before him. And he makes a judgment call. But after he makes that judgment call, it very much becomes like Doom, where he just runs through the hospital in a straight line, gunning down like yeah. soldiers and doctors, fade to black, car park. Yeah. I felt like it was yeah. a huge decision and it was hugely difficult. He takes yeah. on like almost like a mini army in the hospital. Yeah. And it felt like it was just like flash between. You see, I didn't I, I didn't get that feeling from it at all, because I the feeling I got was that it was it was it was totally then he just basically just went into a haze. It was basically just like, right, yeah. I've I've made this decision and now I am like I have to flush the emotions so I can carry out and when he thinks back he probably won't remember a lot of it Mm. those are the flashes that he had and it might be like you know the the flashes of consciousness that Ellie might recall of bits and and all of this sort of stuff so that's sort of what it felt like my last one is probably a bit too nasty it never got past B-tier television like I said at the start the pantheon of TV shows it's not fair to always compare every TV show to like The Sopranos and Succession these kind of they're like once in a generation. Yeah, but they, but they are the best. This was very, very good TV. Yeah. I enjoyed it more than a lot of the other kind of, yeah. like maybe big name TV shows out there. But it's only one season, season two as well. It could well end up as, I don't think they're going to go further than season two. Are they? They're just going to do season two and that'll be that. I mean, so so what do we want? What do we want from, from season two? That's all we know we're definitely getting. Okay, we'll, we'll go on here. We know season two's coming. Like, because I don't know if I do want The Last of Us part two straight away because it does feel like the time jump would jar especially for somebody like bella ramsey her age obviously she's she is older than ellie is Mm. but it could work but then also the idea of because i had such a bad taste in my mouth from having to play through all of abby's stuff in Mm. the second game i do not want to see that yeah i'm very much for having abby in the second series but the way they do it in the game can only be done in a game you can only do that kind of narrative mirror in a game it's not going to work for a tv show i isn't that what the structure of the last jewel is the ridley scott film i haven't seen it but i heard that it basically shows you the same actions from three different points of view yeah so it does the have you seen the jet lee film the hero or hero oh yeah where it's like the different colors for one perspective yeah the other perspective and then the truth it doesn't do that quite bold like visual stuff which i that film is i love that superb yeah (laughs) it's very obvious it does do it but but that's a film isn't it i guess like you could expect a film in three acts to do three different perspectives possibly yeah. and then have a conclusion yeah, at the maybe. end yeah and it works really well with hero as well yeah for a tv show with like 10 episodes yeah are you going to do five episodes of ellie and joel and then yeah. five episodes where they try and make you think that ellie and joel are now villains almost i don't think there's a way of making it work Really, I don't know just... what 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 constitutes a spoiler at this point. Can I talk about everything from the second game? Yeah, yeah, I'll do a spoiler warning at the top. Right, so there's not going to be Joel through the whole season anyway. No, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> For people who haven't played the game, it will be a, a gut punch beyond gut punch. Yeah, I will be very interested to see if the second season starts in like an abandoned, snowy ski lodge mm-hmm. area, because we'll know immediately what we're getting. Yeah. What will be very, very interesting is if we get the unexpected. Yeah. And they don't pull him out. Yeah. And he doesn't die. And the second season then is totally open. open. Maybe they feel like they could, you know, it's not like right in the wrongs of the game, but maybe they feel like there's a 
a different story to be told. Yeah. The first season tells the plot from the game. It's the same start point. It's the yeah. same end point. The same checkpoints in between. Yeah. And it works really well as like a, a, a TV series. I played Last of Us 2 twice. Yeah, I mean, I did as well, because that's what the game makes you do. Yeah, but no, I mean, yeah. But I even, I played through the, the, the two stories twice. I don't really have those big, memorable moments or set pieces. I remember yeah. little flashes of environments, like areas you're in. Obviously, the critical stuff, the abandoned theater. The, yeah. The aquarium, is oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, where, yeah. It kind of, where it makes you play with the dog and then switches your perspective and makes you kill that dog. Yeah, it's not enjoyable. I don't like killing animals in games, and that's the end of it. Final point of order. Let's talk generally. Okay. Because we, we've talked about this before yep. uh, in passing, but let's, let's absolutely nail it. Mm-hmm. What makes a good video game adaptation? There has to be some sense of recognition. Mm-hmm. It can't just be a, I'll take the name, I'll make something completely new. Yeah. Because what's the point, obviously? Obviously, for something like Mortal Kombat, it's easy. All the characters are exactly... I really enjoyed the Mortal Kombat movie they released yeah, a couple of years too. ago. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Because it was like the game. The characters are very similar. But it was, yeah. a, it was a very fun story. Yeah. It told in a very fun way. In The Last of Us, as an example, the recognition comes from... I mentioned the bit about pulling back on the roof and seeing yeah. the clicker for the first time. That sense of sort of dread when they walk in and it's like you can hear it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, oh, they said that in the game or, oh, yeah, that's exactly. the gun. That's yeah. the gun he used. It doesn't have yeah. to be that. It has to be like a kind of emotional recognition. Yeah. If you are going to take a cherished video game IP and turn it into entertainment like a TV show or a film, you have to give some credit to the people who bought that game and played that game and made yeah. it a big hit. That made it big enough that someone wanted to come along and retell the story in a different medium. So I think fan service to an extent, fan service for the fans of the game to an extent, there's got to be balance. Good TV doesn't always equal good adaptation. Yep. I would say Mortal Kombat is a good. I, I keep going back to Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And you, yeah, and you, good, you, you may even you may even use the Mario Brothers as like a, the the film you saw the other yeah. day as an example. I've got a perfect example actually, and it'd be the Warcraft movie, which yeah. completely and utterly bombed. Yeah. Right? But as a Warcraft player, there was loads of fan service in the film that for a player, you really just feel like, oh, I've just watched like a two hour cutscene and yeah. I loved all of it. But you totally understand if someone who's never played the game came along, they'd be like, this is trash. Yeah. But it's not trash. Warcraft is great. Everyone should watch it. <laughs> anyway, on to you. I mean, I, I think it's it's an interesting one, especially when talking about The Last of Us, because, as I said, I think the game wants to be a movie. You know, it wants to give the players that cinematic experience. I definitely agree. Yeah. So it lends itself to being translated quite literally, and, and, and it really, really works. And it also then gives space for the creators to lean into that side of the story and the world, you know, even more. Hmm. I think you've basically got two options with how you tell the story of a game in a different medium, which I, I think is incredibly hard to do. Mm. Like, I mean, doing any sort of adaptation is hard. You just look at the number of unsuccessful book-to-film mm. adaptations. Like, the more you cling to the source material, uh, the more likely you are to fail as an adaptation. Mm. But also veering away from the source material is going to then invite a lot of criticism. So it's, it's a very, very tricky thing to get right. But I feel that you need to identify what the specific sensation is that the story gives you in one medium Mm. and work out what the equivalent of that is in a different medium. So like if a book makes you feel a sense of nostalgia from like how it's describing certain elements, you're going to want to find the equivalent way of presenting that 
on film using the tools that are available to you in that medium. So whether or not that's utilising certain music or uh, slower camera movements or different colour grading, that's the way to invoke the same sensation as opposed to having somebody like recite the passage from the book, you know, yeah. on film. And also like when it comes to video game adaptations, video games have always drawn liberal inspiration from movies like all the way back to 8-bit games look at something like metroid that was cribbing heavily from alien you mm. know and it would be a long long time until an actual alien official branded game would bear the level of atmosphere and tension and isolation that you get in that first metroid game mm. and if they were to do a film adaptation of metroid you'd then run the risk of it feeling derivative yeah. uh, you know or if if you have to direct it away from those inspirations you risk losing what makes the atmosphere work so well for a video game it's so like, filtered down to nothing yeah. Almost, isn't it? yeah so like when you look at something like say say the angelina jolie tomb raider films where the tomb raider games they've pulled from classic adventure movies like indiana jones yeah when you then put that back into a film context it just feels like a tired retread of classic adventure film tropes whilst then trying to make it more distinct by doubling down on what they think makes their franchise different, which in the case of that is just a big pair of bubbly boobies. Great movies. Great art. No, they are total shit. The other option you have is you can try and tell a new story set in the world established in the video game, which seems like it would be an easier affair because there are just so many rich worlds that exist within video games that could easily be the setting for numerous other stories that you may not have seen directly in the game like the warcraft film like i'm I'm not well versed in the world of warcraft or in the world of world yeah. of warcraft but i know duncan jones wanted to spin like a new story but in the same world the familiar world with the backdrop being real familiar elements to fans of the series mm. that's the, yeah he took the ingredients that we all know yeah you know he tried to expand on a piece of time that's not as well known I know we're talking about Warcraft, the movie, but there are a lot of kind of character interplay that you wouldn't have got in the games because the, the mm. subject matter is based off at the time was more heavily based on the gameplay. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. I think the, the Pokemon movie, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Love it. That largely followed that sort of setup, although there was a Detective Pikachu video game that actually came out before the film, but mm. the film isn't really it's not based on that or or, okay. a, or anything it's just it's okay, great oh I this is it. just a way of doing it and yeah like the detective pikachu film was like right we've got this world we've got all these these characters and the way this works mm. so let's just tell a really really good story that's fun yeah. in that world and yeah like you said the new mario movie that is a story a new story set in the mario universe although obviously like the stories and the worlds in those games very loose and basic <laughs> in in all the, the mario games yeah. but it's not being like right you, you've got to tell the story of super mario sunshine or something obviously video games have struggled with adaptations notoriously with, with just i mean so many bad films especially in the 90s and noughties oh my God. and it's only really been in the last few years that people seem to have started to find ways of adapting games just a bit more successfully if that is going like out and out fun with a hint of nostalgia in something like the sonic films or you know like the mario films or the pokemon film like you i love the mortal Kombat film and then on like tv we've had the superb anime adaptation of castlevania oh yeah brilliant absolutely unbelievably they good. nailed the kind of feeling from playing castlevania yes, exactly really, yeah it was really good the new Halo series on uh, on Paramount Plus, I, I thought it was fine. 
But I mean, I never played the Halo games. I've got... it's, it's beige, just like Halo. But I mean, there's still a smattering of mediocre, subpar adaptations. Still, I mean, like the Resident Evil films. Oh my they've, god, they've never come anywhere near to delivering like the it, But it's like they never, it's like they never tried. Likewise with the Monster Hunter adaptation, which was by the uh, same guy. The world of Monster Hunter. You look at like just watch any clip of that game. How? How do they make a film that was so boring? I know. It's like those goals where you think that was harder to miss, and still they did. Can I jump in on a point that you made here about how we're getting better? It feels like we're getting better adaptations. I think it's the target audiences have have changed. I think when they made the... the, Mortal Kombat's a good barometer here for the change. When they made the original, the ridiculous one, it was just like the game. The whole setup was the same. Go to this weird sort of Temple of Doom like location and fight. Yeah, And I think it's because they knew that what they were aiming for was the people who play Mortal Kombat, let's get them in a cinema. Yeah, And that's not a huge like target audience. And the, f- the film didn't have a huge budget. But I think video games now, that yeah. the audience is much bigger. Far yeah. more people play video games. It's like enjoyed, largely more enjoyed by adults now. Yeah. And so I think that the adaptations reflect that change in audience. Yeah. You know, Something like The Last of Us, they can tell like that story and pitch it to an audience that, is a full-blooded TV audience. It yeah. doesn't. Ha- they don't need to think in those smaller terms like the Mortal Kombat of old do. Mm. But then The Last of Us is aiming for that same kind of audience as well. It's, it's looking for a, yeah. a much bigger, more mature audience. So yeah. yeah, and I think that like that seems to be what like the future of game adaptations is going to be as well. Because like loads of these big budget, triple A, eighteen R-rated games are mm. being bought up for adaptations like we've got god of war series that's now in development at amazon there's a fallout series a bioshock series a Borderlands series all being all being adapted in live action that's that's an intriguing list i would say fallout could make for a really because that's a really strange kind of ip again it's it's a world that you could set a story in it's interesting that this is the fad of like video game adaptations in the yeah. same way that as soon as like 2000 hit everybody started doing superhero movies and comic book movies which before the noughties you would it have said just disaster that was films. terrible <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. you know and now it's video yeah. game films and i think it's it's interesting it's exciting it's a great time to be a, a fan of video games and to see see how these things how these things develop so i've got a question for you then go for it any video game you're adapting it 10 part tv series what would it be? Oh my god. And I'm going to have to probably put some rules down. You can't have Zelda. I don't want Zelda. You can't have Metal Gear. I feel bad saying that because that, I think, genuinely <laughs> would make a really interesting yeah. 10 parter. Live action? I think live action. Yeah, because ha- we're talking about Last of Us. I think yeah, the yeah, parameters yeah. have yeah. to be the same. It's got to be live action. Because I think I would literally probably chop off a limb if I could get like an anime series, the quality of Castlevania, of Dark Souls or Bloodborne or something like that. I think the only trouble with that show would be how do you get an audience invested in a character? It's a good point. It's a very good point. It's a kind of yeah. mute character game, it is, isn't yeah. it? But it would be awesome yeah. to watch 10 episodes of live action, blood and guts. like 10-part yeah. live action series is easy. It's Half-Life 2. Wow. Is, it's uh, a great, it is great. It's yeah. a great story. So many different like environments to play yeah. around in. It's a character you play that's got like decisions. Yeah. Yeah, the evil empire. Yeah. Uh, mm, Half-Life 2. Yeah. I could definitely answer it on behalf of Chris as well, because I know Chris would 100% say Kentucky Route Zero, which... Have you played Kentucky Route Zero? No. It is utterly incredible. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, a, it's a narrative game. It's mm. a noir game. It is very sparse. It, like, it reminded me... There's a game that I've just been playing on the Playdate called Saturday Edition, mm. which is obviously... It's a very, very small 
game. It's on the play date. Mm. But it reminded me of Kentucky Route Zero. And I genuinely am thinking about contacting the developer to say, could I write a screenplay based <laughs> yeah. on this? Because it is so good. And yeah, Kentucky Route Zero would be a, a phenomenal... Like, if they got the atmosphere right. It's really, like, ripe for it. Like, it's it's not... Like, they could definitely ride on that, like, 80s nostalgia, like, wave that Stranger Things has done yeah. and do something like Kentucky Route Zero. Unfortunately, they kind of wasted it by doing a movie. But I think Uncharted, 10 episodes of, like, fun... Mm. They dropped the ball, obviously, with the um, National Treasure TV show. Yeah, that's I think that, a shame. that should have been a layup to just do an Uncharted 10 episodes. That would have been good I, fun. I think that would work as well. But yeah, then, yeah we're just... I mean, it's just Naughty Dog again. You can't do GTA or Red Dead because, really, they're just a pastiche of cowboy movies yeah. and, and kind of gangster movies, really. Yeah. I, I really wish they would do a Resident Evil movie that was... Good deserving of praise Mm. there's a conversation that we me and chris and minty had on i can't even remember it was so long ago Mm. and chris floated the idea of animal crossing (laughs) basically being adapted by wes anderson in the style of fantastic mr fox or isle of dogs but Mm. animal crossing that that would definitely work and honestly since he since he told me that years ago four or five years ago Mm. i think about that more often than you'd think (laughs) That's a lot to think about for our listeners and a lot to think about for us because this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me for this I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Good. Hopefully it's not the last of us. Fuck off. Oh my God. So there we go. I hope you enjoyed mine and Lewis's deep dive into the Last of Us TV series. Have you watched it? Have you enjoyed it? Have you not enjoyed it? What were your highlights? What were your lowlights? Do you share our opinions? Do you disagree with them? Please do get in touch. You can reach out to the podcast at O3C Games on pretty much everything. You can talk to me individually. You can chat to me on Twitter at Jonathan Dunn. And if you want to chat to Lewis, you can also do that on Twitter. He is at Louis Char. That is L-E-W-I-C-H-A-R. Louis Char. If you've enjoyed this and you fancy getting even more of it, then, hey, hey, guess what? There are two other episodes of this that are exclusive to our Patreon subscribers. By heading over to patreon.com slash O3C Games, you can pledge a couple of pounds a month to get just so many perks. Um, Not only do you get an episode of me and Chris talking about the Tetris film, You also get an episode of me and Minty talking about the Super Mario Brothers film. In addition to a dozen other full bonus episodes, tons of deleted scenes and outtakes, bonus video content, all of the normal episodes of this season, uncut, ad-free, and you get invited into the Discord server. So it's a great time to subscribe and we would be hugely appreciative if you did. And in the meantime, do stay tuned as we'll be back with a regular format episode and hopefully with a regular format Chris next week. Goodbye.